Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. The following is a presentation of Podcast One. What the hell is Brett Favre doing here? Eric Bowling and Brett Favre on everything from politics and sports to business and culture. This year has been insane. I got some advice for y'all. Take two weeks off, then quit. That man right there, number four, Brett Favre. First NFL completion, and it's to himself. It's big time and prime time. That's why Brett Favre is Brett Favre. Now it's Bowling with Favre. All right, here we go, Brett. Welcome back. Hey, great week last week. Another good week this week. A ton to talk about. Um, we went went through the Aaron Rodgers saga that's been going back and forth. Um, but first of all, make sure you guys, gals, you, you listen and you rate the show. Go to iTunes and rate the show. Give us a five-star rating. Write a review and you could win a Luke Bryan signed box album set. We're going to give that away, I think, next week. Looks like we're going to give that one away next week. So, hey, man, so much, so much stuff going on. Can I just ask you quickly, just update us on Rogers every time, you know, we talk about this, something happens during the week. It, this seems like a quiet week in the, in the Rogers palooza. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, you know, you, you see little bits and pieces, uh, but it's sort of the same thing, maybe from a different person. I saw where James Jones, who, who I played with as well, was a great receiver. He was young. Um, my last two years at Green Bay, I think were his first two had mentioned that if the, if the Packers would basically pay him or sign him up to go negotiate with Aaron, he can get it done. Mm. Um, I like James. James is a very bright, sharp guy, uh, and, and played with Aaron and had a lot of success with him. But, uh, I, I I don't know if that, if he was joking or if he was serious, but uh, and, you know if you're the Packers and you're desperate to get him back, you pull out all stops, right? I mean, I don't know <laughs> if I'm the Packers at this point. You know me, right? I just, I'm a fan, and I've you know been around sports my whole life. At some point, you you you, you pull a trigger and make a make a high profile trade for the guy. I, I mean, it, that's no. I, I, we we say this every week. Yeah. You know, give our you know two cents worth, and you know at some point, uh, something's got to give. I, I don't. I mean, it, it it's likely, or it could it could happen. I guess that. Aaron says he's not playing, and I'll just sit out. That's very likely. People may not agree with it. I'm not saying it will or won't happen, but that that is a very likely scenario. The Packers, on the other hand, could say, fine, we're not going to trade you. We're not going to release you. We're just going to hold on to you. That's the likely scenario. Yeah. Is it the right scenario if you're the Packers? Because apparently the Packers, if you, if you take an un- biased look at it. Packers haven't done anything wrong per se other than yeah, but, but let, let's 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 stay on that for a second. So Packers could say we're not going to trade you, we're not going to pay you and we're going to let your contract run out. That that's he's got value to them right now, right? He can he, they can trade him for draft picks, they can trade him for players and and make the team stronger. It doesn't do them any good other than saving a few bucks right. if they just if they just run yeah. run the clock, right? Yeah, and that was going to be my third likely scenario is that at some point you go, all right, guys, you know, and I'm, I'm talking about the, the Packers front office. You know, they meet privately and they say, look, it ain't going to happen. He ain't coming back for whatever reason. He ain't coming back. Or do we sit on our hands and get nothing? Right. Or do we, do we, you know, as bad as it it sounds and, and feels, do we shop him uh, and get as much as we can for him? Uh, you know, that's that's the dilemma I think they're facing right now. Yeah, they need to get inside Rogers' head. Does he want to play or does he not want to play? If he just doesn't want to play, then just say it and then and and do the right thing by the Packers. They did the right thing by him. Do the right thing by the Packers and say, "Look, I'm sitting out, you know, for whatever reason. So do your deal and let and let let them at least make their football team better." 
Yeah. You know, if you're Jordan Love, I mean, in one aspect, you feel very good. I mean, you hate to get your job that way, but the bottom line is this might be your your first and only shot to do it. I mean, you're the guy. Right now, he is the guy. Yeah. you know, so if if you're Jordan or you're you're Jordan's family, friends, uh, faithful believers, what Aaron's doing is only giving Jordan that opportunity that he knew would come at some point. Maybe not this way, but that's not his problem. His problem is is solved at the moment. Meaning, I'm the guy. What am I going to do with it? And so we'll we'll find out. I just don't know what he wants now at this point. I mean, <clears throat> what are the options right now? He, he needs a receiver. What does he want? He wants more receivers. He wants more, line, you know, better alignment. What is, what is this? What's his holdout at this point? You know, from a business perspective, and, and I, you know, I've never run anything in the front office, but the Packers technically have done nothing wrong. You know, every team in professional sports, you know, GM, owner, on down, makes moves. Some are, you know, for example, Tampa made a move. They got Tom Brady and Gronkowski and a couple other players, and it was a great move. And uh, the Indianapolis Colts shot Peyton Manning, and he goes to Denver and and wins the Super Bowl. But it was uh, a mutual, I don't want to say breakup, but uh, transaction. It happens all the time. Um, the Packers transactions, I think, is what's had, has or lack of is what's my my gut tells me is what is disappointing to Aaron wanting to right, keep. Right, but how do you solve it, Brett? At this point, is this just have, have they come to a, right? In other words, so what can the what could the Packers do to make Aaron Rodgers show up to to spring training or to? I, well, I think at this point, nothing because right. you can't bring those players back. If they, especially if they've signed with other teams. I think I heard Randall Cobb's name mentioned that he wanted them to, to try to bring him back. I don't know if Randall's on the team presently. Uh, if he is, you know, they'd have, I mean, a lot would have to happen to, to get him. Uh, you know, I think it's a, it's a combination of many transactions or lack thereof. But you know, if you're the front office at the Packers or you're the front office with the Bears or any front office, period, you have to sit there in, in your group meeting and say, look, the one thing we can't do is let players dictate who we sign and not sign. Yes. Uh, yes you know, yes. because that, that's opening up a whole new can of worms. Now, granted, this is Aaron Rodgers, and as great as he is, then we're going to open the door for every other player to do the same thing. And uh, business is business. Sometimes it's, it's tough. It's kind of like parenting. Sometimes it's tough love. And uh, you just you – ha- you have to pull the trigger. And, you know, as a player – It's it's amazing, Brett. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan, super fan. And, and, and I'm in Miami last week. I did a show from Miami. And I'm watching the new, the sports. And, and there's a – I can't remember the name. He's a defensive back who, who had just signed – last year signed a five-year $70 million deal, right? He had a great year last year, right? A couple of interceptions, Pro Bowl, et cetera. He wants to renegotiate again. It's like, what? I mean, you have a good year, you're, and, and the team's going to do it. They're going to renegotiate with a guy who just signed a five-year, $70 million deal. He gets a couple of interceptions, gets named the Pro Bowl, and, and they're going to have to come up with more money. I don't know. Listen, it it just feels like the, you know, as they say, the – the asylum is starting to be run by the inmate. I don't mean to call athletes inmates, but man, it, it, it feels like the tail's wagging the dog. Let's put it that way. Well, and you, you can't, you can't blame a player if the, if the, if the uh, organizations give in to it, you know, uh, I mean, you just can't, you know, I mean, you can't no, blame no, those hey, go for it. I get you. But what about, what about if he, he got hurt or he didn't perform or he, he, you know, he got beat a bunch of times and he lost a few games. Well, I think if, if, if a team is willing to renegotiate after in the scenario that you're talking about, I think uh, you got to protect yourself with, 
you know, there's always incentive clauses. Mm-hmm. I would say in most, if not all players uh, across all of professional sports. Hey, if you hit 75% of your free throws for the remainder of the year, you get a $250,000 bonus. Yeah. It, you know, if you uh, don't give up, if you're a DB and you uh, interceptions obviously are good incentives, but if you don't give up a touchdown pass, we give you half a million. So maybe the, maybe the, the renegotiation would be in regards to that. And the agent wants point. them to word it. That's a good point. It's such that it looks like he just got a huge, another huge payday, but maybe it's really no new money unless with incentives with incentives yeah gotcha hey you mentioned tom brady and and i i I heard during the week there was a coach who said he passed on brady and it 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 flipped brady out a little bit he got pissed off and we don't know who that team is or the who the coach is who said "Eh, i know i passed on brady and he said you're gonna you're gonna stick with that mother effer do you you know who it is you have any idea i don't I, i saw that this morning actually um, which is the first time I saw or heard that. Um, and my first thought was, was uh, New England. And because I, I don't know who really was, was looking at him uh, diligently mm-hmm. uh, other than the Bucks, um, which is the team that he signed with. So I'm, I just think that, you know, my first thought was New England, like, but but I don't know the dynamics exactly. It, it, it's none of my business what happened in New England. It seemed like a mutual uh, separation. New England said, we love you. We're going to let you, you know, but we'd take you back. You know, I, I don't know if I heard that or if, if New England said, hey, you're free to do whatever. We, we can't thank you enough for what you've done, but we're going to move in a different direction. I mean, that's fair. You know, I mean, that, that, does does that piss the player off if he still wants to play? Maybe. But I think, you know, the thing about Tom Brady is he finds ways to motivate himself and channel that into performing at the highest level. Because you go, what on earth does he have to go out there and practice and, and be excited about? I mean, what is it left? And I think that that is a, a fair question. And I think that the the answer to that is he finds that mm-hmm. he he looks for that yeah. single motivating factor that will drive him. Yeah, he wants another Super Bowl. Who doesn't? Yeah, he he wants to perform and throw touchdowns and win ball games, of course. But he's done all that. So when I saw that this morning, it to me it really wasn't so much about who it was. It's a way of him convincing himself that he was unwanted somewhere. Uh, And that may, to a certain extent, be true, but I think it's more for him to fuel the path. Motivate him. Yeah. Yeah. And it did, man. Boy, did it ever, right? Yeah. The guy was, you know, I watched the the beginning of the year. I'm like, all right, this is good. He's playing good, good football, but. The last half of the season, the guy, he's just, he, he just hit the zone. He hit the Yeah, you know what? You know, the thing about it, Eric, you think about the Super Bowl, and, and it wasn't that long ago, but if people remember it, and actually, let's go back to the championship game against Green Bay. He had some great plays, but he also had some uncharacteristic turnovers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, the, but, you know, the thing about Tom is – and you think about the, the Atlanta Super Bowl, they're down, what, 27-3 going at the half. And, and it's, it, it, he and the team looks defeated big time. And uh, he, he just comes out and he, he doesn't miss. He doesn't get touched. He doesn't miss. The guy is such a clutch. He's like a John Rahm was in this past tournament. Yeah. You know, when the stakes were highest. He was at his best. And I think that's the, the what we've come to know with Tom Brady. Don't ever count him out. Brett, going into the season right now, not history, not the last 15, 20 years, 16 years for Rodgers, 20 years for, uh, for uh, Brady. Who's a better quarterback this season coming up, Brady or Rodgers? Well, if you, if you if, give, given the, the chance that Aaron doesn't play, yeah, I give the nod to Tom Brady. What if he plays? 
Well, I think, you know, it, it, it's, it's like you may like rock music. I may like country. You may like R&B. I, I may like, uh, you know, classic rock. I, you know, teach his own. But if it's measured by wins, by Super Bowls, there's no. No, I mean, right now. I mean, you're, you're a GM. You're putting together a fantasy. Team. Who's, your, who's your fantasy quarterback pick? I'll, let's put it that way. The My two fantasy ones. quarterback pick would be Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Right. If I was starting, a, not starting a team, if I had a team on the verge of the Super Bowl, if I was, if I was for one year, one year, I said, "Look, I'm taking this job as a GM, and I'm going to be done in one year, and I want to be measured. We, you know, when when I'm dead and gone by this one year, yeah, I don't want to work more than two one year. I just want to work one year and see what I can do. The quarterback I would take would be Tom Brady. Which running back? Um. Well, okay. Yeah, I, I look at what I'm asking that guy to do. Um, pure running back. Um, well, that's a tough one. You know, I, I don't know if I would take a pure running back. I, I would take a a guy like a layer. That's Kansas City drafted. Yeah, he's young, but I want a guy who can run, but also, if not more, not, not equally not, important, can catch. Camara would Camara be be, be Camara would probably be the, my pick to to play side uh, Tom Brady because you know you think about all the years that Tom Brady had success in in New England. They really didn't. I don't, I don't know how many thousand yard rushers they had, but it wasn't many. But the running back was equally as important as he was running in the passing game, lining him up all over the place, the, the trust factor. And he's always had that guy. Yeah. So it's not so much about, hey, we need to pound out 100, 100 yard games, 100 yard games. If you can do that, great, but you're going to have to pass it. And, and Tom wants to get mismatches with his running back. And he wants a guy who can line up out wide, run a slant but also come back in and, and run a power to the left. So uh, Kamara would be yeah. certainly. Would be. I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm the Brady and, and I would go Kamara in, in the backfield. What about throw, let's throw two wide receivers out there that, that, that Brett would like, and then we'll do a tight end or two. Who, who's your fantasy one year. You're, you're the GM one year. You're going to be judged on one year. Your team you put together, you can pick. I would try to bring Edelman back as a slot. I would, uh, I tell you, and I know Fitzgerald, I I like Mike Evans. I really do. And uh, uh, what's the other uh, receiver's name? I I like him too. Uh, Probably had more catches. Oh, crap. I like him too. I wouldn't get rid of either one. Um, But if I had to make an addition, I would try to get Edelman to come out of retirement. Wow. Well, the rapport that he has with Tom, yeah, you know, you you just can't you can't replace that. Yeah, and uh, you know, Edelman's not about beating everyone deep. You cannot cover him underneath, and that's so valuable. We saw that so many times with them. But uh, you know, a, a guy like uh, um, oh crap, I'm drawing a blank. That went to uh, Arizona from Houston. Talking about DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins. I, I like him. I think he's got great range, and he's a he's a heck of a competitor. Heck of a competitor. Devontae Adams is a heck yeah. heck of a player. Um, but I don't. But Tyreek you know, Hill. Tyreek Hill. Uh, but he would be more of a slot guy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying you couldn't line him up out wide, but in in relation to how they would fit with Brady is how right. I'm looking at. Right. Um, they really don't need new weapons per se. They won with what they had. But if you were going to add, I would really try my best to get Edelman out of retirement. And then, uh, and then give me, give me two, two tight ends. And, and <laughs> I, like, I like their tight ends. You know, the one t- Gronkowski, you go by week 14, you're like, <laughs> is he ever going to catch a pass? Yeah. But he's so valuable in the blocking uh, 
aspect of the game. You know, he's he, and, and he's a threat. And we saw that in the Super Bowl. It's like he saved his best for last. He's a big physical, and he's the more athletic yeah. than I think most people give him credit for. The teams that play against him know he's athletic. You line him up out wide, and they put a little corner on him. Yeah, the corner can outrun him, but can he outmaneuver him? It's kind of like all it is is like, all right, we need you, uh, Gronk, to get this rebound from this 5'10 guy. He's going to get it. George Kittle's pretty good. No, George Kittle's great. <laughs> Travis Kelsey's pretty good. <laughs> those guys. Both of them are great, and I'm not I, by no means knocking them. But right. you know, it's one of those things. Do you the the engine is working pretty right. darn good? Right. Do you want to? You know, the problem sometimes with making additions to a team that seems to be set, maybe doesn't have the flash the flashy name other than Brady. The problem with that making an addition is you feel like you have to force feed that player or he's going to cause turmoil within the organization or within the, the he's going to cause dissension within the team. And that's one thing you don't want to happen. I'm not saying it would, yeah. but it could happen. Like, man, we got to get this guy the ball. I mean, he, you know, Antonio Brown was right. Exactly what, what I was thinking when but, you said but, that. But I think that that was a good addition. I mean, he, he wasn't like, Pittsburgh uh, productive, but he was quiet and and quietly uh, was productive. And, and I, I would assume this year would be more productive. And he bought into what they were doing. Now, that's a good move, especially if he can be even more productive than he was last year. All right. Well, there it is. There it is. The, the fantasy one year, one year offensive, uh, offensive side of the ball team for, for general manager Brett Favre for the one year, one year look back. Do you know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance, so if you're tired of getting killed by daily fantasy sports experts, just don't play them. Instead, play the house with Stat Hero. Stat Hero is the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. We love that Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. It's so easy and it gives you the leg up when you're building your lineup. Stat Hero is the daily fantasy sports the way it was meant to be. One on one, play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash farv, F A V R E. Sign up for free. And right now, you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash farv, stathero.com slash farv, even the playing field. Rob puts some, Rob, our producer, put something on, on the sheet. It was pre- pretty interesting because I missed this. This is, this is a Shaq who I guess he, where was he, Rob? Was he, was he on? He I was, was on, on TNT. Uh, doing a show on on inside the NBA. This is after yeah, the, just just set this up for you. This this is sure. this is pretty good audio, but it's also a great question on the backside of it. Go for it. So this was after the 76ers got eliminated by the Atlanta Hawks in Game Seven, and uh, Ben Simmons, the 76ers star, quote unquote, uh, didn't take a shot in the fourth quarter of the last four games they played. Not a single shot. And Shaq had some words for him. You're not getting double teamed. Get right. Be aggressive. That's all I want. Just be aggressive. I don't want to hear all that. Stop that. Cut it okay. The Atlanta Hawks knocking off the Philadelphia 76ers. One of the my locker room, I would have knocked his ass out. The 96. <laughs> okay. You, you do what? I ain't laughing. What you mean, what? I was He's in his locker room. You, you do what? He said he would knock his ass out. So Shaq says he's knock, knocks him his ass out. But it begs the question, have you, Brett, ever had a teammate that you thought, you know, need need a little uh, I don't know, a little little waking up, like no. need a little talking to me, a little you know, smack him around, let me throw him up against the locker or something. Have you ever done it? Have you ever no. thought about doing it? No, no. I mean, I've had times where you know a guy dropped a ball or something, ran a wrong route, and was was down 
you know, on himself. And I, you know, as a, as a leader, as quarterback of the team, your job is to encourage and lift these guys up, make them, make them believe that they can do things that they didn't think they could. I've had those moments many, many, many times. Hey, hey, man, we all drop balls. We all make bad passes. We all make bad decisions. We all miss blocks, even the best. So let it go. I'm going to keep throwing it to you. That happened so many times. But I never had anyone where I thought um, was tanking it. Uh, you know, uh, maybe, maybe didn't practice as hard one day as they – possibly can. And I get, I get that. We all had moments in practice, but you know, I don't know, you know, I, I, I didn't hear that until just now the comments from Shaq and I don't know Ben Simmons and I really don't watch much basketball, but I don't know what led to that. Was, was he in a shooting slump? Um, because usually the problem is guys shoot too much. Uh, yeah, I think in, it was quite the, the opposite. Ben wasn't taking any shots. He was, he had wide open looks and he just kind of wasn't taking them. But in, before that happened, was he making those shots or taking those shots and making them? Uh, in the regular season, yeah. Uh, in the playoffs, he's been kind of a, a bit of an was a bit of an afterthought for the Sixers. You know, they were leaning heavy on Joel Embiid, and they paid Ben Simmons a ton of money, and he wasn't. I think I think Shaq's point was, you pay a guy to be a star, you got to be a star when it counts. Well, I, I agree with that. I, I just wonder if uh, he lost. I, it happened to me with the Jets when I tore my bicep, and I think we've talked about this on the show, where I was so afraid to make a throw because I was so unsure of my accuracy and if it would hurt. Sometimes it would, sometimes it wouldn't. So as a quarterback, it's like a pitcher. If you're a little bit apprehensive of pulling the trigger, but you still pull it, you're not going to hit your target. And that's certainly not a place that you want your, your star players to be in. I'm just wondering if Ben Simmons was was lacking confidence. It, it, look, we're all human. That happens from time to time. Um, but I'm a little bit surprised they did. Four games. Four games in the playoffs, yeah. though. Has he been interviewed? Has he given any explanation? I don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Hey, Olympics coming up. There's a lot of controversy around the Olympics, COVID, et cetera. Here the athletes are – they're they're – forced to eat separately now they're doing social distancing it's all crazy i'm just curious are you a uh are you a fan of the olympics yeah i am i am a fan of the olympics i don't watch it you know every event but yeah you know i pull for our country as well uh so so it it sounds like when i have you there (laughs) i am too patriotic love it always want america to win but do you hear about this this athlete, transgender BMX freestyler Chelsea Wolf. This is her, now her, her quote, quote from Facebook. My goal is to win the Olympics so I can burn the flag, the U.S. flag, on the podium. I wouldn't have her. Wouldn't participate in my Olympics. Isn't that amazing? That amazing. Go participate for somebody else. I. Uh, I they should throw her right off the, the Olympics right off is about playing for and participating and competing for your country and uh, bragging rights. To say that is, oh, it's such a slap and yeah. in the, our country's face. I just, it, I'm, I'm, you know, I can't believe that, that this person can be allowed to participate for our country. There's an old saying, you know, Andrew Breitbart said politics is downstream of culture, sports being a major part of our culture. Meaning if you want to change politics, you change sports or you change culture. Culture is changing fast. We see what's going on, you know, in America. We watch on, on TV. You see all the, you know, everything's okay. And every, you know, and, and, but when sports is, seems to be changing really fast and I'm, I'm not sure I'm liking it. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm liking it. I'm, in fact, I know I'm not liking it. I'm, I'm also not liking the fact that a, a, a U.S. Olympian could say, I want to burn the, the American flag, the U.S. flag, the American flag on, on the podium. And, 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 and yeah, she's going to get backlash, but she should be, it should be more than that. It, it shouldn't be bad. Now, and now she's hiding behind this, you know, these virtual signaling, look, I'm transgender, so I, I can basically say or do anything I want and, and not feel the wrath of it because I'm sure – 
if it was a different situation that this, this person would be tossed or a different time, maybe this person would be tossed. I was under the impression that transgenders could not participate. Okay. In the opposite. I'm glad you said that because that was the next story that I pulled out. What came out yesterday, the transgender weightlifter, Laurel Hubbard, is going to be allowed to compete as a New Zealand weightlifter. And I was like, how can a weightlifter? It's a man competing as a woman. It's a, it's a, it's a bi- biologically born man competing at transgendered as a woman. And here's what I found out. That's unfair. The Olympic Committee has, has decided, the, the, the International Olympic Committee, the IOC has decided that, decided that if the athlete has less than 10 nat- nano holders, nano holders per liter of testosterone in their blood, he can be compete as a she. So if you do whatever surgeries or whatever, you know, drugs you need to take to reduce your testosterone, you can declare yourself a woman and compete against women in sport. It's, it's, it's the, the whole world's upside down for me, Brett, right now with this stuff. I don't know what the hell nano, whatever it is, yeah. but I'm sure like anything, it can be altered. Uh, you know, if, if I was a, a, a true female, I can't believe I'm saying that. And I was competing in the weightlifting and lost to this person. I would be beside myself. Yeah. And if I was the person. Yeah. I, yeah where are those? Where are transgender? The- and yeah, but again, there could be because society, culture right now has made it so uh, bad. You, you get penalized so dramatically for speaking out against this happening. I mean, where are I mean, look, people, uh, I mean, it's not fair for a man, even though this person wants to be a woman or feels compelled, I, you know, I, if you want to become the opposite sex, that's fine. I got no problem with it. But you can't compete against uh, males. Cannot compete against right. Females. See now that right there would be considered, uh, you know, anti-trans because you know, okay, we we're allowed to be females in society, but we can't. We're we're not equal because we can't compete in sports. That's that's here's one my here's my point. I agree with you. You want to be gay, straight double, quadruple, whatever he should. I don't care. Don't care at all. But what you're doing, if you want to push this into sports and other areas, you're going to create one, one athlete, right? So it's going to be man, woman, or whatever competing against each other. And there's, there's going to be no women's sports. It's not going to be men's sports, men's divisions, women's divisions. It's just going to be that sport. And that's where we're headed. I mean, that's, that's clearly where we're headed. It may not be next year or next five years, but down the road, it's going to be athlete against athlete, like it or not. And I think you're right, Brett. Those those women who, think it's unfair to a female athlete to to a biological woman who who's not going to juice up with with steroids to to have to compete. Or maybe we're pushing biological women to have to juice to just to compete with yeah. biological men who are unjuicing, so to speak. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Say it with us, Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom by offering chewable tablets that can help men get stronger and longer lasting erections. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visit to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. And if you're not big on pills, Blue Chew's Sindenafil and Tadilafil tablets are chewable and made in the USA. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information right there. And here's a special deal for our listeners. 
Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code BOWLING, B-O-L-L-I-N-G, at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code BOWLING to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. You know, and a third story in, 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 the, in the sports world that was, was just topping all the, all the newspapers, all the blogs. Uh, Caleb, I'm sorry, Carl Nasib. Carl Nasib is the defensive end for the Las Vegas uh, Raiders, is the first openly gay football player. Again, fine. That, that's different, right? That's a di- that, that is different. Um, I got no problem with that. I mean, look, uh, I got nothing against you know, gay men or women, absolutely nothing. I have uh, close friends that uh, have come out. Uh, yeah. And you know what? I'm, I'm not judging, but I mean, I, I think that he, the kid obviously can play. He's on the roster. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here's guys, my question. Here's my question. Though. I'm all for it too. I'm glad he came out. Right. Yeah. But clearly. There has to be just by statistical analysis. There has to be a lot more gay football players. It has to be a lot more gay players. It has to be right because if 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 the population is whatever the number fifteen percent gay, let's just call it that. Yeah. It should even if it's different because it's you know high pro high intensity sports and maybe maybe it shouldn't be, but ten fifteen percent. There's got to be a few one or two on each team roughly. Yeah. It, it should be. Um, do, do you think this will open the door for more people to come out and say, I think hey, you know, I've been, I've been, it will. I, you know, I don't know that for certain, but I think it, it, it's certainly the reaction, which has been a positive reaction, uh, at least what I've seen and heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I think, you you know, the, the lying in wait uh, others are seeing what response is, is, uh, why, why do you think it's taken so long, Brett? I mean, there, there are gay athletes all over the place. There's gay, you know, celebrities all over the place. I, think politicians. That, you know, I, I guess timing is everything. And now is good timing, first of all. But I think the, the, in relative, in relation to the sport, it's, you know, you just, the perception is a gay guy can't play professional football. I mean, that's such a violent and physical sport. It's, I don't think it's an issue with, man, are they going to feel threatened in the shower? Guys don't, they're not going to. Look, they'll, they'll probably bust his balls about it the first couple of days in, in a good way. And then they go to battle. They're not going to. Right. But I think the, the outside perception is it can't be possible that a gay guy can be a football player. And not because guys will will you know basically you know shun him i think it's more of the physical aspect that, like you can't be gay and play football that's not the case hey rob do you know if there's any openly gay basketball nba players or or major league baseball players by chance or, or uh, off the top of my head no i'm not sure i know there's been a lot of guys in the nba that have come out um, after they've stepped away from the game uh, isn't that crazy not I mean, so much but, while they're playing yeah yeah I, I don't. I mean, look, it's 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 got to be literally hus- hundreds, several hundred at professional athletes that that are gay just by the sheer math, straight straight arithmetic. Um, well, you know, I think back uh, one of my dear friends and former teammate Ezra Isera Tuolo uh, came out uh, with maybe a year or two left in his career. And what a great guy he is. He was a heck of a football player, played defensive line. I think he played at Oregon State. And I talked to Ezra, lives up in Minnesota, uh, can sing like a friggin' bird. Uh, j- just a, just an awesome dude, uh, gay or not gay. And he, he came out and, uh, you know, I think that was one of the first, if not the first, big high-profile names and, uh, you know, I don't know how much backlash he got. He and I haven't talked about that, but I, I love the guy. Uh, and would play with him any day of the week. Uh, clearly. My brother-in-law is gay, and I've never – he was married 
for eight years and was more miserable than I've ever seen him. And once he came out and said he was gay, married a man, and he's never been happier. <laughs> We've had a great relationship, much better since he's he's happy with, with his, his husband. Anyway, make a long story short, it's time, folks. It's time. You don't have to hide anymore. Let's do it. Well, last question, last idea, Brett, before we go. The, the Supreme Court this week made a big decision. I think it was really, really, really big. Not sure it's getting a lot of attention, but they decide they it will. It will, right? So players are now allowed in, in the NCAA, college players are now allowed to get some, I guess, remuneration. Benefits or whatever you want to call yeah. it. But but only this is what I think I think there's more my point is there's a lot more to come on this because right now the Supreme Court said that you're allowed to give players things like laptops, things to do with studying, but as you know, Brett. These guys now, some of these 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 players, these college players, have huge brands going. That yeah. They can make a lot of money, and right now they can't. But this is going to change, isn't it? Yeah, but here here's the problem I have with this. I'm 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 all for it because a lot of this probably happens anyway under the table. So you you're you, you know you're basically legalizing what's probably been going on for years. Mm. But here's the problem I have. And Major League Baseball, I think, had this problem, and so did NFL had had this problem. Where at one time, just just maybe this will uh, will explain it better. The, the Cowboys, or let's just say the Yankees, the Yankees were the biggest name in baseball, have won the most World Series, most most famous, uh, you know, face of baseball. Well, at one time, TV money. Whatever money they made, they kept all of it. So you got Milwaukee doesn't have a big TV market. And I'm talking about years ago, doesn't have a big TV market. Uh, didn't have a high attendance. Uh, you know, people didn't want to go to see the Brewers play, but they would love to go see the Yankees. If you were in town in New York, you tried to get tickets for the Yankees. So there was, there was, there was zero parity within. Right. But, but you had to play the Yankees. You may have to play them in the World Series. Well, they had the best players uh, or, or were paid. The, the best players were on that roster. Um, and you were, if you're the Yankees, you were able to pay them when there was a salary cap uh, and the Yankees could spend whatever they wanted. It was, it was so unfair. Same thing. Cowboys made can, all can the money. I, can, I, can I jump in real quick? Yeah. I'll tell you when this exactly. When you call, you're talking about revenue sharing, right? It's market to market revenue sharing, team right. to team. I was a senior in college, and my big brother in the fraternity was Dan O'Dowd, who ended up being the general manager of the Colorado Rockies. He was an ESPN announcer for a while. He may still be with the Rockies organization. And I said, Danny, there's, a, there's an internship at, at Major League Baseball. I'm, I'm graduating. I want to I stay in, in sports. I want to get that internship in Major League Baseball in the, in, in the front office in New York. And he said, talk, write it, write it. And it will part of the, the, the process to, to see if you get it. You have to write an essay why you wanted to be there. But he also say, give us an idea that, that we, we're not doing right now that might, might help baseball. And I, Danny says, talk, write the essay on rev share. So and he outlined exactly what you say, where, where the, the, the big market teams were able to buy the best players because they had the most revenue, both best TV contracts. Well, if you, if you split it up evenly, everyone aggregately and split it up evenly, it evens the playing field literally So to, for, for, for smaller market teams. And I wrote the essay, and Brett, I got the internship. There's one internship, Major League Baseball, my senior year in 1984, my senior year in college. I got the internship. And I was ready, I was packing my bags, ready to go to New York, and I got drafted by the Pirates. <laughs> so it changed all the plans. I was headed to New York for a, for a high-profile internship in, in front office of Major League Baseball, and I ended up in Bradenton, Florida, push-starting our bus. <laughs> a completely different lifestyle. But that opened the, the, the door to, to teams in smaller markets being able to compete. You're 100% right. Well, you know, in relation to college football, you know, you got, let's just say, 10 teams that we all know, we all expect to compete for the national championship or be in the top 10 year in and year out. That will never change unless there's parity. So uh, stipends that college athletes get. Um, if you go to Alabama, my understanding is you can get a bigger stipend uh, or an SEC school, for example, 
because their TV money per team is 60 to 100 million. Mm-hmm. Southern Miss Conference USA was like 250,000 per yeah. team. And well, there's, there's another thing now, and this is, this is where I think maybe the, the Supreme Court gets involved in, 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 with the NCAA. So states, individual states are now saying players can earn money on their NIL, name, image, likeness. And uh, Alabama is one of the states, Florida, Georgia. I think there are six, six or eight states, Rob. I'm not sure which one. But, but so as an athlete, you can sell your name, your image, your likeness and start making money. Federally, it's not been decided. And so the NCAA is, I guess, deferring to, to, so, so what you're doing is setting up again this, this unequal playing field. If you're, if you're a high profile high school athlete that's ready to get, you know, huge, huge branding going, um, why wouldn't you go to one of the schools in Alabama, Florida? So, so there's, there's, it, it, you just can't compete. In the to me, college that's what makes the NFL great. Green Bay, small market, very mm-hmm. small market. Mm-hmm. Um, but because there's revenue sharing, mm-hmm. now not not all revenue is, is shared, right? Uh, but that's okay. But give each college team that competes in D one top notch football. Give them equal ref share on TV money, even though you would rather watch Alabama Clemson game than Southern Miss Tulane. Yeah. They equally get that much money. That way, there's a more of an even playing field. Uh, but otherwise, it, we're going in the wrong direction. Um, I mean, we just are. You know, you can see, I think teams continue to fold close their football because it, it costs way more than, than they're making. Uh, and they, you can't get recruits, the good recruits. Uh, you know, do you, do you like the idea of allowing athletes at the college level to, to, to earn on their brand? Yeah, to a certain extent. I, Cause I, again, I think it happens anyway. Uh, you know, in some cases, so why not legalize it? Um, regulate it, but I think you have to you have to look at the teams too. If, if one team can pay a big, bigger stipend because they're hoarding all the rev share, then that's not fair. How, how, how can you say that I'm going to go to this school and make a lesser stipend, or I'm going to go to this school and make a much bigger payday? Who am I going to pick? It's going to be more yeah. about the money can what you, you get than whether or not you can play. Can you imagine these high-profile college quarterbacks in their senior year signing, you know, ten million dollar Nike deals? <laughs> like, are they going to be able? They, well, I, you know, Sam, I think it's regulated to a certain extent. I, I guess I don't know how. I, I think when you open the door, you might. You might I think what they need to do first is clean up the equality with each school. Yeah. Yeah. Give them, give them, you know, you can't make one team have better attendance than the other. I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that you, from a money, you got to, everyone has, should have an equal yeah. stipend fund that they give the players. And the, the NCAA should, maybe they should be the ones who pay all that out. So, so I saw a number. Um, COVID, COVID, they got, they got slammed because there was, there's no, there's no sports on television for 2020, but 2019 NCAA took in $1.2 billion in, you know, various revenues, TV, tournament revenues, stuff like that, but $1.2 billion. So they, they certainly have the wherewithal to, to, to spread it around a little bit. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they can, they can give some of that stuff, make it a little bit more equitable for the lower, smaller teams, smaller markets, smaller teams in the, in, in the various leagues. Yeah, you know, I was talking to a, an AD in the SEC, uh, good guy, and uh, we were looking at my daughter was being recruited in volleyball, and we were walking to campus, and the facilities were spectacular. And um, I said to him, I said, man, it, it, this is really nice. I mean, th- how could you not bring your kid here and not be just overwhelmed? He said, you know, our problem here is different than – other conferences and schools. Our problem is how to spend the money. Your problem is how to get the money. <laughs> that resonated with me and still does. 
Uh, It's so unfair. You know, if you're the one making all the money, whether you do good or not. So like Vanderbilt, for example, their football program's okay. But they're getting tons of money because they're in the SEC. Um, is, is that fair or unfair? It is what it is. But what about, you know, uh, southwestern Louisiana, UL Lafayette, or South Alabama, Southern Miss, or, uh, you know, uh, I, I think about teams that are in Conference USA because that's what I'm, I'm close to. But there's tons of conferences across the country that, you know, they'll sign up and play Ohio State, but, you know, they're having to wear the same shoes they wore the previous year. Yeah. I think our athletic budget at Southern Miss was last year was probably four or five million. I saw where Ohio State's was like 120 million. Well, listen. Uh, I, I, I think it's time to start uh, opening this up. They're going to open up the, 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 a can of worms with athletes making a, a ton of money. I mean, I just hope it doesn't pull, pull kids, young kids, out of uh, finishing school. You know, I mean, I, I get it. Top athletes are going to leave school and go make a lot of money. But what about the, the, the average athlete who's, who, who may not be a, a superstar well, you know, baseball does a better job. I think if you you sign D one, so if a kid signs at Southern Miss to play D one baseball, he has to stay for three years. That's a good point. You know, I, yeah, no, that's that's yeah. Throw some throw some uh, caveats in there. Some some requirements. That's not bad. No, it's not bad, man. All right, brother. Um, Bitcoin getting blasted. I thought I'd do it because hey. Fair and balanced, true. You know, we got true transparency. We started Bitcoin at thirty four thousand, went up to sixty five thousand, and it's just been a bloodbath over the last month or so. It's back down to thirty two thousand again, thirty one thousand. So, you know, no one said it was wasn't going to be a bumpy ride. I started slowly. I, I still believe in a it. Smile to his, <laughs> you know, his daily routine. But, yeah, yeah, your buddy Poncho, poor Poncho, man, he's still out a couple million bucks, but it's yeah. maybe a little less thing than when it was twelve million. I think it was at the maybe top. Little, <laughs> All right, Brett, always good. Hey, by the way, we have uh, we have a Winona next week. Do you Winona Judge or or Judd or Winona Ryder? One of the two. I'm not really sure. Rob, Jared. which one is it? I'm fairly certain it's Winona Judd. <laughs> Right. Winona Ryder. Who's booking Winona Ryder? I will. I'll try. <laughs> we should do a, an all Winona show. See if we can call, have Brito call Winona Ryder. See if she'll come on too. I'm sure she's <laughs> working on it. All right, guys. Great week. Great, great talking to you again, Brett. Uh, and and we'll keep an eye on Olympics and all the, all the, all the yeah. whacking that's going on in the sports yeah. world. We'll hit it next week. Peace out. Bye. Later. Coming real, it's the next episode. What about Brett Favre? Follow the show on Twitter for the latest news and links to all our social media channels. Bowling with Favre is executive produced by Ali Brito and Rob Jenners. This has been a presentation of Live by Live's Podcast One.